0: Many years ago, when I was a little child, my older sister, who sometimes had a temper, got mad at my mother when she was in the first grade, and she decided she was going to run away from home. Never willing to miss out on an adventure, I grabbed some clothes and decided to go with her. I remember because it was right after Thanksgiving, when we lived in Illinois. My mom played it cool, barely looked up from what she was doing and said, sorry to hear that. I'll just tell Santa that you moved on and that he can keep his presence. I quickly reconsidered and put my clothes back in the drawer immediately. And it was at that moment I made a decision that if I decided to run away again, I would at least wait until January. December was always a rough month for me as a child. It seemed like I was always getting in trouble. Seems like the days just dragged on as unopened gifts piled under the tree. It was like they were taunting me. It seemed like Christmas came about every five years or so it took so long. It's funny now, however, as an adult, time moves way too fast. It seems like we celebrate Christmas about every other Thursday. Generally speaking, Advent that we are celebrating now is a happy time, even in difficult times with growing COVID-19 numbers and an undecided election and blah, 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 blah. There is something about Advent and Christmas that at least changes the subject. Why focus on bad news all the time? I would rather focus on the coming of the Messiah and the realization of all the promises that God has made to his people have found their fulfillment in a stable. A little child has been born to a poor young teenager and her gravely worried husband, into whose care God had placed his most precious son. In short, Advent fills many of us with hope, the virtue of hope, as we realize that Emmanuel, God, is with us. Christian hope is grounded in the conviction and knowledge that we are infinitely loved and that whatever happens to us in this life, the events in this stable have afforded us salvation. In our first reading today, we hear hear from the words of the prophet Isaiah that were written when the Jewish people had been exiled and enslaved in Babylon. They wanted to go home and rebuild the temple and live in peace. It was a desperate time, and many felt that God had abandoned them, prompting Isaiah to proclaim, would, you, would that you not rend the heavens and come down, as you did in the olden days with Moses and the people who were in slavery in Egypt, and the wonders that you did? Why did you not see us? Yes, we have sinned, but you are a forgiving God. You care for us. Why do you hide from us? Is it that you're angry with us? Of course, the things that make this such a moving passage is to know that in the harshest and most difficult times, the prophet Isaiah is speaking in communion with his people in terrible need of God. Speaking for his people, he asks for consolation, to feel God's strength and assurance that God still manifests himself to his people as he had in former times. Those thoughts might be familiar to us in our troubled times. Where do we find this hidden God? Most times we look for him in answered prayers in the way that we want them to be answered. In other words, that God God is to be our wish list vending machine, good health, when we need to sell a house or to get a job. That's about it. It always seems that we're looking for love and looking for God in the wrong places. Because very often, and for good reason, we find God not so much in the happy days of answered prayers. No, we find God when we're alone, and suddenly darkness closes in on our lives, and we begin to wonder and have doubts. Then we begin to pray and listen in earnest. We sense Jesus' presence in the scriptures, in the Eucharist, and in the other sacraments. During Advent, we hang a wreath in the middle of our church with four candles. Three are violet and one is pink. And three acknowledge and encourage our preparation for Jesus' return. And the pink candle, lit during week three, encourages our joyful anticipation. A candle shows its true nature and value in darkness. Usually we don't put candles around when all the lights are on. It's when we turn the lights off that a candle glows and gives us hope. And that is why at Christmas time we fill our homes with candles during the darkest time of the year in nature to remind us that Jesus is the light of the world. It seems that more and more I hear people talk about fear rather than confidence today. People have asked me, "What's going to happen to us?" Like I would even know. As long for, as long for assurance, we su- we sound like Isaiah in the first reading today. You must show your face, O God. Why haven't you come down and delivered us? We are in very difficult times, and God assures His people through Isaiah's prophecy and through the events in the stable in Bethlehem that I have never left you. I am with you even in the darkness until the end of time. So it seems to me that Advent is about acknowledging our vulnerabilities and fear and weakness. It is only when we recognize our need that we are open to the possibility that God is real and he loves us and remains with us. Second, the second thing about difficult times that often leads us to understand we have been preoccupied by false gods. Maybe we've invested our hope in successes or riches or grades or good health or a cure of a chronic illness. Maybe these are the gods that have come crashing down, leading us to realize our true mission in life. That is, we are here to make a new world. So that we will come closer to the final coming of the Lord at the end of time. The one that comes at the end of time must be welcomed by our best selves. You know, Jewish mothers praying for the Messiah used to say to their children, Every good deed that you do today brings the Messiah one step closer. The problem is that we often live in the past or in fear for the future. Perhaps you've heard the expression, those who live in the future die in the present. Conversely, sometimes people are so obsessed with the past, particularly sins and regret, that it can be said that those who live in the past die in the present, which is why we have Advent penance services that encourage us to let our past remain there, let it go. During Advent, we remind ourselves that we have to live In the present moment, we must live daily with faith and love. And what drives that faith and love is the virtue of hope, a growing confidence that we are loved in this life and that God longs for us to join him at the end of our lives in eternity. So we sing during this season, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. I have a friend that says she hates that song because she isn't ready for Emmanuel to come and that is the precisely the work of Advent, to ready ourselves by staying awake and alert for the Master's return. For He is coming, my brothers and sisters. Are you ready?